Welcome to In the Midst, a podcast centered around stories of people in the midst of life. The good, the hard, and the hilarious parts of our stories that maybe we gloss over for the sake of moving on to the next thing. Our goal is to bring you into the lives of our friends and potential friends and share how God is moving in the midst of their lives. Hey friends, Uh, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, Larissa here, I'm here with Erin. Uh, coming to you to um, have another conversation. Um, This time our goal is to kind of talk about what it looks like to be in the midst of lament and excited to be here. Mm, Yeah, it's been, we were just talking before we started recording just about how it's been a long time since we've both been in this space and how, um, how good it is to be just the two of us back together. And hopefully um, as a listener, you know, this episode's, this episode will find you in the same spot of excitement and joy of, of getting to, to listen in on a conversation between friends. So yeah, yeah I'm excited. Oh, Aaron, it's been quite a couple months of, lamenting and grieving over the world and mm-hmm. what coronavirus and the pandemic has done. Um, I think we should first start talking about when we say lament, what do we mean by that? Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a really good question. And I, um, I was talking to a friend about the idea of lament and the appropriateness of lament. Um, And I think when I think about lament, I think about the acknowledgement of how things are and the, um, like, not just passing over it, but, like, sitting in it so like like lament is not for me um and how i understand it it's not okay that's not but everything's gonna be better one day yes that's true but the lament is the art or the practice of sitting in that and knowing you're not alone in that mm-hmm. and what that means through friendships and relationships or through your relationship with the Lord, like regardless, like you're not alone and the brokenness that you see around you is not, uh, you don't face it alone. And you know, the end of lament and the, the goal and the process, I think you get to the point where you know, like this won't last forever, mm. but you don't start there in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a, it's like your blinders have come off and you're mm-hmm. seeing the world as it is, or you're seeing the situation, mm-hmm. a sad, like sad situation or just reality for what it is. And you like stare at it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I like a picture of like, you know, standing in front of a painting in an art gallery and you just stand there and you take it in Mm -hmm. and you experience it Mm -hmm. like 
it's not passing over that emotion of grief and sadness, but it's like remaining in that and letting yourself actually maybe physically experiencing it Mm. or even, yeah, just emotionally like taking stock of what that means. Mm. Mm. You know, because I think there's a bit of like, and it's uncomfortable, right? Like we, we don't like in our Western world, we don't like discomfort. Yeah. Um, and we don't like sadness. We don't. Um, we just want everything to be better and easier and convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that practice of like taking it in is heavy. Yeah. But it's also like, it's real. Like, cause I think that there's times when we, yeah, like if we don't actually physically experience, like say example, like if I haven't actually experienced the loss of someone to coronavirus, like mm-hmm. I may not really understand the sadness of that mm-hmm. um, or the effect of it. And so it's like, I actually have to like take the effort to really like find mm-hmm. some way to like lament what that actually means because mm-hmm. it hits me in a different way. So I think like lament can look different for different people, but I think it's just that idea of like practicing, like sitting and yeah. letting yourself experience it. And yeah. I and I think I agree. And I think, I think lament looks different in proximity. What, how close or how near you are to something that is, um, something that you're lamenting. And so like, I think about, um, we were talking about the five stages of, I was talking about the five stages of grief with a friend. And the sermon I was watching yesterday kind of talked about it. And he was talking about like the first stage of grief is denial. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, yeah, that's true about lament too. And like, it's, I think denial, once you finally get to the point of like, anger which is the next stage um you you realize the loss right and so like Mm. I I know for me personally I spent years denying reality and what I was robbing myself of was the the layers of loss that I felt um and the layers of grief that or the layers of sadness that you talked about nobody wants to sit in sadness Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I mean, it's very uncomfortable. But I think the gift that you get in the end is um, is sweet, um, and it's worth the effort, even though it's really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if you've ever read through Lamentations, mm-hmm. I was just I I was thinking I was like before we started recording I was like. I wish I knew Lamentations better. Mm. Um, and there's a book that I read. Um, I'll have to find the title of it, but it was sort of based on that idea of, of Lamentations, based on sort of the prog- progress in there. And like there's biblical foundations of lament, mm-hmm. right? To like yeah. weep over your sin, to weep over the brokenness. Like God calls us to do that. Mm-hmm. And because I think like, 
if we don't understand the depth of sadness and grief and brokenness of reality, like we don't actually get to fully experience the hope and joy that God offers us. Like we don't like, that's an aspect of the Lord we're missing out on because like if we don't actually need comfort from Mm -hmm. God, his comfort will never feel big. Like Mm -hmm. if we don't actually feel the need for healing, like his healing will never feel big like he is. Yeah. And it's just like striking to me as I like have gone through different stages of grief during coronavirus and even in our current day of like feeling like this need to escape. Like I know that there's, it's just natural that we want to like escape it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I have to step back in and go, God, like, I want to know your comfort in a deep way. Like if I long cry out for that, I actually know need to like embrace reality mm-hmm. of where things are at. Um, and that's like such a, I mean, it's such a tension. And again, we're uncomfortable with, in- with tension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is that uncomfortable space of, yeah, of just sitting in. Because, I mean, when you grow up as a kid, nobody teaches you to sit in your sadness. I mean. No. I mean, you're, I mean, I know how I was raised and no shade to the way my parents raised me. They raised me really well, but like, it's like, come on, life goes on. You got to keep, keep going. And it's like, yeah. That those are good valuable lessons. I can't sit and cry over spilled milk, but I can cry. But I think what I what I was inadvertently taught was you can't cry over anything sad. Mm. That's not true. Um, and so instead of engaging God, I love how you said like like it allows us to like cry out to Him and give us comfort. So for a long time in my life with the sad things, I would just bury them. Mm-hmm. And and so you know, in the past like three or four years, I've been uncovering a lot of those things, and it's like I've had to sit in like in like lots of sadness, um, mm-hmm. and like trust that God's in me. And that's that's the risky part of lament like that it actually puts us in a very vulnerable spot mm-hmm. um and asks us to trust in the lord like it does it calls us to trust that god will ease that yeah. right um and it's so hard because god's comfort may not look like worldly comfort God's comfort may not look like a removal of reality or brokenness. Like his hope, um, like we so badly, you know, like when everyone has been asking, like, when can life get back to normal? When can things just go on? Mm. And it's that idea of like, maybe that's not what God's answer is to that you know, or God's comfort. 
Yeah. Like it, like a physical comfort, right? Like we want a physical comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that there is that sense of like, we want a worldly comfort or a removal of problems, but like that idea of what does it look like for God to not take you out of lament, but to be with you in it. Good, good question. Cause that's where I think we find ourselves right now. I mean, y'all we're recording this on June 1st, 2020. And depending on when we release this, but you guys know the tension that we're sitting in. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think God is inviting and has been inviting us to, and I, I, to lament, but I also think like the heart of God is that, right? Like he saw, he sees, and he, like the gospel, the hope of the gospel is that he saw us in this spot and did not leave us here. So like Mm -hmm. the end of the story won't be lament, which is great news, but, and like, and, and we have this hope to look forward to, but like God is not, he doesn't turn a blind eye to lament. He doesn't mm-hmm. just be like, okay, whatever. I'm going to make all things new one day. Yes. And that's the hope, but like he is present in that. Yeah. Oh, oh man. And like that idea that like he entered into reality with us. Mm. Like I kept, I texted you this the other day, but. I I just woke up with this image in my head of Jesus weeping mm. and that idea that like, man, as much as my heart breaks and has been breaking, like God is grieved. Like in, in Jesus, you know, like Jesus wept over his mm. friend dying he and I I feel like even that display of emotion by Jesus in scripture just gives us a picture of his heart yeah and that how deeply he feels you know he isn't and it's so easy sometimes like in our lives to believe God is far removed he's just Mm -hmm. that God in the sky puppet master whatever Mm -hmm. and I think that like when we read about Jesus in scripture, you see this humble and like tender hearted man who just wanted to be with his people. Mm -hmm. Like that was his goal since beginning of time. Mm -hmm. He wanted to experience his creation and be with us. Yeah. Yeah. And sin has destroyed that. And so like, I think there is that sense of like, to be in lament is actually to open yourself up Mm. in a way of like acknowledgement of reality of like, God, like you wanted to be with us. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. I mean, I just, the imagery of like Jesus weeping at the death of his friend Lazarus, like he connects 
Like he knew, he, I mean, he's known since before time that he would raise Lazarus. And like, and like, you know, I would probably be like, the family be like, Jesus, just raise him. Like, just, you know, whatever. But like, he, 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 he sat with them and like met them in their humanity knowing that he would raise Lazarus mm. knowing that that would be the end that would be the end and yeah. so like even like in because I mean if I'm really honest with you guys like I have a hard time with hope um some days and um and and it's really comforting to me to think about Jesus weeping with Lazarus's family because like that's what I need God to do with me now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need him to tell me, well, one day I'll make everything new. And I know that that's true. And I know that that's the truth. I need him to like weep with me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that he is concerned about that. And so like, what a good comfort of like Jesus didn't be like, well, why are y'all crying? Like, it's fine. I'm going to raise it. Yeah. I think even as like we navigate just all that's changed in our world through the pandemic, through the unrest in the last week, you know, there is this powerfulness of what it means to weep with each other, to mourn with those who mourn, um, to not dismiss. I think even you just talked about like learning, how, like somewhere along the way, we learn how to deny and push aside sadness, um, to ignore it, to just press on. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and and I'm not denying the fact that there are seasons of life where like life just keeps coming at you and there's no space for that. But I think like we can't ignore that we need space for that anymore. And I think that's like, even as I, you know, would read article after article about during the pandemic about someone brought up the idea of like what we're all feeling right now is collective grief. Mm. And we had a lot of time to grieve. Mm. And there may be a people who like, they filled their life with other things, Netflix and Zoom meetings. That idea that like, if we were really honest, like it really forced us to face grief in a different way. Yeah. Which like in God's providence, maybe is it's for this moment that he prepared us in that way. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. want to speak that that's true or not, but there is a part of me that feels like how intentional it feels, you know, that this would be like, that we've all experienced that in some way. Um, I wanted to take a little bit of time to just talk about, we kind of talked about that gospel response of lament. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this, like, I don't claim to be like, a scholar, biblical scholar, or like, I don't speak to this as I've done so much research. Um, yeah. cause I have not, but I, I'm navigating this tension, kind of what you brought up about like that idea that God's going to make all things new, right? Mm-hmm. Scripture says we have hope. 
right? Yeah. And then, but also like navigating this current reality. Yeah, but that's maybe not there yet. And like, what do I do in the meantime? How do I navigate this well right now? You know, I don't know if you want to talk, if you can talk at all into this or like, what do you feel like a gospel response to lament is? Mm. I think the gospel is the response to lament. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I think I heard this in a sermon from Redeemer, but it's crazy to think, I think somebody was talking about this, like God has given us emotions and he's given us sadness and there will be a day where we will not cry anymore. And so, like, what does that mean about our tears now? Mm. What does that mean about the heart of God for us now that he has given us sadness to experience this world? Because imagine if we saw all the brokenness in this world and we just said, oh, okay, it's fine, whatever. Or we just said, we laughed about it. Mm. Imagine that. And so, um, and so I think about the promise that you will wipe away every tear from our eye in Revelation and just the hope that that brings and like, and then the reality of like, I can cry now and like, and I, my tears or my cries aren't unheard or unnoticed or um, wasted. Um, and like, I can't get over that thought of like, he has given us this means of emoting, mm. living in this broken world. Yeah. Knew that we would need this. Mm. It made me think you brought up the idea of like when he's wiping away every tear. Um, Psalm 56, verse 8, you have kept count of my tossings and put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Mm. And like, I think that it calls to mind of like, God is very aware Mm. of every single tear we cry. Mm. Very aware and present in that and that when he wipes away all those tears he be like hey this bottle of tears that you have cried like it's my you know like I mean I I don't want to you know misquote or understand scripture but it's almost like he's gonna pour that he's like Mm. I've wiped these away yeah whether he pours it out or whatever like this is no more yeah I don't know I felt like that's And that understanding of like God is him being present and weeping with us and being with us. He, he is not unaware. And I, I, I've sort of had that thought in my head kind of since March of just like, God is not unaware. Mm. Every time I have cried or freaked out or (laughs) couldn't breathe because I'm like, you know, what's happening in our world since March, like God is not unaware of that. And that I can say that on a personal level. And I want to say, I, I believe that he knows that on a, like a higher level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the tension in that is what do we say to our friends that are like, well, if God is aware, 
why are we still right here? Mm-hmm. And I want to say tension because I don't think there's an easy answer to that. I would concur. <clears throat> I think, yeah, I would concur. I mean, it's, it's questions I've asked myself, y'all. Yeah. And I, I think I, I bring that up because like, I want to just to our listeners, Hey, like we're not here to have answers. We're not here to be prescriptive. I think we just wanted to have a conversation about lamenting, mm-hmm. being in the midst of lament, kind of sort of true to our, um, you know, podcast title, but like, what does it look like to me in the middle of this? Because mm-hmm. you, you can go online and find lots of resources about how to grieve well, how to go the five stages of grief and all the things. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's just important to have a space to, ask questions yeah and there's you know one of my friends and I were actually talking about women last weekend and just before um the officer murdered George Floyd on Monday this was on Sunday we were talking about women she's going through a season of women in her life and she was saying like it's so comforting to know that the th- a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament because God is not afraid of our lament. He is not mm. afraid of that. That, that does not question his authority. And like, what a sweet gift that, you know, that, that those things, lamentations, you talked about it before. Um, even some of um, Ecclesiastes has. Oh yeah. Right. Mm. And so like, And then you've got a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. God is not intimidated by that. He's not taken aback by that. He knows. He put it in our, in our, in our Bible. Yeah. To give us length. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that like, that's so true. Like his, God is not afraid of really hard feelings. God is not afraid of that. And I think that like, that's, you know, it, I don't want to, like I said, we're not prescriptive, but I call you to anything is cry out to the Lord and mm-hmm. lament before him because he's a safe place to do that. Yeah. That's the place that start. God has made you aware of a sadness or something to lament in your life. Like if we stuff it down, pretend it doesn't exist, it can do more damage and push us away from the Lord. It's a place to drawn near to him. And I I say that meaning I know that it's so hard. It hits at different places in my life. That's an easier thing said than done. I just keep coming back to the idea that like God is with us. He's lamenting with us. He's given us language with scripture to lament. Cause like, if you don't know where to start, start with the Psalms of lament that, you know, I love the Psalms for that reason because they're so emotional and I fits fits my personality really well. <laughs> Are there things that in this season or even in and maybe you can speak in the past too, like mm-hmm. ways you have things you have found helpful in lament or just like I don't know any you're you can kind of answer this question either way, but are there things that you're grieving or lamenting 
about this curtain season that you'd like to share about? Yeah. Um, so in full transparency, um, last night, um, I laid in my bed, y'all, um, I just basically cried myself to sleep, um, and it's a lot of different things, but, um, this weekend was really intense for me, um, lots of, of, of myriad of emotions, um, and I think there are there are lots of things that I'm lamenting right now. Um, am I doing it well? No. <laughs> um, I don't think okay. doing something well is the point. Um, I think being honest about it is the point. And so. Mm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I saw this, um, article. It was the cover of the New York times, I believe, or maybe it was the Washington post. I don't not remember which one it was, but they had listed a thousand people's names who had died of the coronavirus on one of their covers of their weekend newspaper. I think it was last weekend over Memorial Day. And it was a thousand people's names and like where they live and it covered the entire front page. And it was in small print. Look it up on Google for reference. That was 1,000 people. And I sat with that and thought of the magnitude, that's 10% of the people that we've lost to the coronavirus in this country. And I sat with that and then knowing the reality that the African-American community, black community is disproportionately dying at higher rates from this than any other community in the United States. And you think about that and you know, I don't think that the coronavirus knows your race. I think that the coronavirus has brought to the forefront the systemic mm. inequalities that exist in this country around health and health care. Mm. And you think about, I'm a black woman, and if I were to have children, I would face, <clears throat> I'm at a higher rate. I, and I don't know what the actual number is, but let's say it's, three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. And you sit with these things and you say, why? Why is this happening? Why does this exist in this country that is you know, the land of the free and the home of the brave and you know, we're the best country in the world? Why do these ex disparities exist? Mm -hmm. And then 
you know, last weekend was great and had lots of fun and I'd been wrestling with, I told some people like, um, like I'd been wrestling with a lot of the stuff that I feel in silence and off social media, just because I don't necessarily think that I have to post everything on social media that I think feel. That's um, a novel idea. Yeah. Um, and like, I think there's some things that I, I personally need to grieve and talk about in the presence of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and some of us, you know, some of us don't have that privilege and I acknowledge I do have that privilege. And so, um, so anyways, you know, there's been a flurry of, um, black men and women. We cannot forget our black women that have been killed. Mm. Unarmed black women that have been killed either by police or whatever white supremacy you want to call it. You know, I'm going in. I'm not holding back. Um, I'm trying to paint this with a nice bow because it is evil and it is what it is. And so... I, you know, I was wrestling with that and, and part of me was doing the denial of, I don't want to look at the facts. I don't want to see that. I don't want to know. I don't want to watch that video. And for me, some of that's denial and some of it's also like, I've got to like, cause I got to work tomorrow. I can't sit in my bed and cry all day cause I got to put, I've got to be able to provide for myself. And so, you know, I'm not going to subject myself to black bodies dying on camera all the time. But sometimes it's just in your face. Yeah. So on Monday or Tuesday morning when I woke up and I saw what was going on with this thing in Minneapolis, I watched the video. I think anybody who has watched that video cannot walk away from that unscathed. You can look at that video and say anything. I mean, I just, I can't. Mm. You can't watch one image bearer snuff out the life of another image bearer and not cry out, my Lord, and like, this is wrong. And so, and like, and then to understand the history of this country and the racial implications of, of, um, um, of even the police force and, you know, I'm Again, I'm not, I'm, I don't think all cops are bad and I don't think all cops are evil. And I, you know, I want to be very careful. I don't want anybody to misconstrue what I'm saying, but I also want to be very honest. And there's a history of policing in black and brown neighborhoods that does not exist in white neighborhoods. Mm, yeah, yeah. So these things are happening and, and my soul cries out, why, God, why? And so... I myself have been just in this, in this, like, in this season of lament and like that, it doesn't stop there, y'all. I have, I have a friend who has given her whole adult life to cancer and like fighting for a cure and, and, um, and serving on the American Cancer Society and, running Relay for Life events and all of these things and um, a 
a month and a half ago was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And like nothing seems fair. Like this doesn't seem fair. And I think that's what I cry out to the Lord all the time is this is not fair. And, and like, you know, I think it just feels, it, it feels so unfair. And like, I don't need a theological lesson on the, the theology of sin and why this exists and everything. <clears throat> what I, um, what I've found in friends and in, in family members and, and coworkers is, um, is, is the, the space to be able to say, I'm not okay. Um, and, and, and this is not okay. Erin, thank you so much for sharing so honestly, like, thank you. You didn't have to do that. And I, I'm just, I'm grateful for your honesty and your real heart, your raw heart. Um, And I lament with you. Thank you. I'm with you, friend. Um, and I hate that I can't hug you. <laughs> I said that to a friend the other day, like in the middle of this week. That mm. I just like long to hug her. She gives really good hugs. And I just, I just... Um, That's what's compounded everything, especially oh. is that we're in the midst of this like <clears throat> pandemic, right? And you know, life is not going to go back to normal for yeah. a while. And so, I, you know, some other avenues that I would use, like, like for example, I think I've talked about this. <clears throat> I'm in a I'm in a therapy, and we normally would be meeting in a small room. And, you know, they always ask me, well, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And I, I'm always like, I don't know what I need. Just stop asking me what I need. And I was sharing something that I was struggling with a couple of weeks ago. And they asked me, well, what, what do you need in sharing that? I said, I need a hug. Like, I just need a hug. I need somebody to physically embrace me. And I, I live alone. <clears throat> I'm, you know my family does not live here. And so like, like, and y'all, I had the coronavirus. That's another thing that happened. I had it. So then I couldn't be around people. And so like, even if I wanted to break any kind of COVID rules, I couldn't because I had it and I had to be quarantined and all this. So like, so yeah, I want, I want a hug or I want to go to church and like, and sing songs of lament with my brothers and sisters in Christ. But Mm. What's one thing I'm so thankful that we can do live stream and all that, but it's not the same. No, it's not the same. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, <clears throat> man, what a day it will be. Oh. <laughs> I think about that as much as I think about the day 
when he wipes every tear from our eyes. Like, I think I am saddened at pre-corona Larissa, at her dismissal of how precious gathering with the saints is, you know, and I would have more people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And not be afraid of that. And I think even images of people hugging makes me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, as we're seeing images of beautiful moments in the peaceful protests of, you know, police hugging people of color, you know, which is, it is great. Um, You know, I think it's just, it's just, it's those kind of images are really powerful and, um, you know, or even just like, I saw this image of this little cute old couple that was separated during coronavirus and then they like met and I was like, <laughs> it was literally, I was like, I cried immediately. I was like, oh my gosh, this little video. <laughs> um, and I think, um, and I, I say that not to like, you know, make light of anything, but I think it just is an indicator of physical touch and how healing and powerful that is. But Erin, I like, I'm, I'm so thankful for your generosity to even share mm-hmm. that. And I can say this too, like you've been so generous to me as mm-hmm. a friend, as an old roommate, um, you know, the most generous thing you <laughs> and did for me was, you know, you took me through the civil rights museum mm-hmm. in Memphis that was so powerful. And you like, Thanks. I, and I, I think that even just, I'm, I'm so, I, I just don't want to miss the moment to thank you for sharing your story, to sharing your heart. Um, because like, I'm changed by that. Mm-hmm. And I, you don't have to do that for me or for anyone who listens. And you've chosen to do that. And I, you know, I gave you the option. I was like, we don't have to, you can yeah. skirt away from this if you want to. Um, <laughs> if you could, I don't know if it's, it's, I don't know if you're like me, but when things are on my heart, it's so hard to, it's hard not to, and like, and like, you know, like I, I've grown up with privilege and like, and I want to use my voice and my platform mm. that God has given me so graciously and generously to bring awareness to issues that you guys may not even have been aware of. And it's not just that I want you to know, it's like these are things that are on my heart because these are things that happen to people who look like me and, and like, yeah. So I just, I, I, and like, and like, if we are part of the body of Christ, we are called to weep with those who weep. And like, y'all, like the, the Christian community ought to be on its knees weeping and not speaking and telling somebody how and should and what they should be doing. They, the Christian community should be on its knees and I've seen it. And like one of the things that gives me great hope, and I don't know if these people are Christians or not, but you watch a lot of these rallies and you see like 
the sea of colors of mm-hmm. like, you know, black and brown and native and white brothers and sisters like joining together. And it's like, <clears throat> this country, the way that <clears throat> we have to dismantle a lot of things in this country and like, it's gonna take all of us. And <clears throat> we have to disrupt the powers that be and we have to demand change and we have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be one voice advocating for that. And I'm gonna lend my voice to that. I'm not gonna sit in silence and, oh yeah, that's, I like that. Or I'll like something on Instagram or Twitter. No, 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 I'm gonna use my voice. And that's mm-hmm. my own personal choice. And so, and that's, you know, God has worked in my heart and changed a lot of things in me. And, <clears throat> and that's progress and over time and I'm not who I was, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago or even last year. And so, um, and, and to be honest, if I go back to like a podcast that we did a long time ago as an Enneagram nine, I don't, I'm like, I have the propensity to say, I'll just keep my mouth shut because I don't want to call mm. That's called, I don't want to, I don't not want to silence. I don't want to use my privilege to silence my voice. I want to use my, mm. I want to use my privilege to announce my voice. Yeah, <clears throat> man. And I, Aaron, like I'm, I'm pro that. I will be here to help elevate your voice and mm. to um, encourage you and all the things. Cause, and also to like be a help where I can. Yeah, because we're in this together. Yeah. And I, I appreciate, man, <laughs> this is a side, like, I've missed this space mm-hmm. that we have. Um, I, you know, I just, there's a lot of reasons we haven't recorded in a while, but like, I think part of it is knowing when there's a topic we really need to talk about and we really need to, you know. Yeah. Um. I just, yeah, appreciate you and all the things that you shared and your voice. I love your voice. Thanks, okay. Man. You've always been a good voice in my life. So, <laughs> Wise beyond your years. And so, and I'm just thankful to, to like get to see God's work in your life and your heart. Um, that what a privilege that is. And, you know, and I not, I acknowledge like, I have a tremendous amount of privilege from where I, you know, sit and I'm, you know, not in denial of that at all. And know that like, I navigate the tension of how to use that well as an educator, as um, a white woman, you know, someone, I mean, even I thought about during the pandemic, like I had privilege to work from home to, be safe to, you know, I got to sleep. I mean, I just, I could count the number of ways that I like, it was actually pretty good deal. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I can be thankful and I can also lament over the fact that like, there are people that couldn't do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I'm, I, I also just like, I think I want to, like, like I said, like we don't have, lots of answers. We don't have lots of, like, we're not prescriptive, but I think I wanted to model a conversation that might help people, um, Mm -hmm. that might be 
you know, people might learn something from, and, but also just to like share hearts mm. of what it looks like to lament um, yeah. in this season over lots of different things. Cause that's a practice and it's okay. Like I, I think I heard on a, you know, uh, something today that was like, if you can't do one push up, you keep practicing until you do more. So like <laughs> lamenting, having hard conversations, um, acknowledging our privilege, like that's, it takes practice to do that. And, you know, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think there's a little bit of that. I just, okay. <laughs> Um, okay. So this feels like not like, feels like a quick turn, but I want to acknowledge that like in this season, it's really good to take care of yourself. Lamenting Mm -hmm. is physically and emotionally taxing. Um, so I'm going to ask you what kind of things are bringing you joy in this? Yeah. Yeah. So this is like really proximate to today. Um, but, uh, there's this Instagram channel or whatever you want to call it. It's called verses. I don't know if y'all know about that, but like lots of it's, it's a black culture thing, but there's been battles that have been going down between different artists. And so, I've enjoyed watching some of these battles just because like it's music that some music I'm being introduced to some that I, you know, know from my my, um, childhood, but the one yesterday, y'all, I was, I watched it today because I I don't usually watch them when they're live just because I'm doing something. They're always on Sundays or they're usually on Sundays, but, um, the one yesterday that I was watching today while I was working, it was Kirk Franklin and Fred Hammond. I saw I that. Was praising the Lord. And like, what's funny is I knew, I knew about it yesterday and I'm a, like, I like both of them. And like, I think I like, I think I know more Kirk Franklin just because of my background, but, but there's some Fred Hammond jams that I'm like, oh man, I was in my car driving home um I had gone bike riding yesterday and I was driving home I was like I need to listen to some friend Hammond like and I did and I I mean I could it could not it was like the perfect gift from God Mm, so good and like today even today like working and like just being able to like sing these songs that bring back memories from my childhood or like things that I am asking God for or Mm. whatever uh, so that, 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 that's like the most proximate thing for me of, man, I mean, I cry, I mean, and they addressed, you know, the current situation and they talked about it and I cried and I laughed and I hooted and hollered and praised and clapped. I mean, I raised my hands. I was doing it all y'all. It was good. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I had a friend who introduced me to some Kirk Franklin's like new, new album, Love Theory or something like I can't, but I started listening to it on my way to school every day. And I can't, I can't tell you how like, it just, there's something about upbeat praise music that like gets like every time I like blare it in my car. Like that is, it just. It's so good. 
Yes. If y'all don't listen to praise music, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you what to do. If y'all don't listen to gospel music, it, oh is, it is unlike any other. And like, well, I'm not kidding. We'll link some of that. We'll, we'll, we need to send out our, like in the midst of uh, a weekly thing and a couple yes. weeks, we'll put some links in there. Cause like, I don't know. I just am very, uh, and it, and I grew up Pentecostal charismatic. So I like am used to sort of the like upbeat, mm-hmm. you know, music, like that's how I grew up. And so maybe not quite, definitely not, maybe not gospel, but like it definitely has that same beat. And I just yeah. appreciate that. So I just, I said, I saw some people posting about that. Like how, how timely I bet I mean oh good it was like so I mean it was like thank you Jesus and yeah you know, earlier in the day um Jackie Hill Perry had posted about uh Negro spirituals and like mm-hmm. we're talking about lament. talking about lament let's talk about some the reality that Negro spirituals weren't all these happy in the sweet by and by like it is it's rooted in the reality that these men and women are slaves and they are finding their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ because that is the only place in which they can find their hope because nothing around them is changing or will change. That's, that's so true. You know? And so yeah. it's like, yeah, you want to talk about lament? I mean, yeah. Don't go and uh, be a culture vulture, but appreciate the culture and appreciate oh. For sure. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to say that of like, to not be a culture vulture. I, n- I don't think I've heard of that phrase before, but like, I like that idea. Like I have a, a great appreciation for gospel music and um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you could find joy in that today. Yeah. How about you? What, what's been- oh, well, um, today, sunshine, mm. <laughs> it rained a lot last week. Um, but also, um, I have like this newfound like appreciation for cooking and baking. Like I was always a baker before, but during this season I have enjoyed, like I actually bought myself like a mixer um, to just like, actually like my hand mixer was going out. I needed like, it was like, it was on sale as a stand mixer, not quite the KitchenAid, you know, but I just had appreciation like baking bread um, you know, pizza dough, cookies, um, you know, and I, like, I love sharing that with people. Like I took a bag of cookies to my friend and sat in her driveway and chatted. And like, mm. I just like love being able to bring joy with, to people with like a little treat. And just like that idea of like, I'm get, I'm thinking about you and I wanted to like bake you something and give you something. And yeah, you know, like that's something that brings me a lot of joy. And so um, that's like one big thing in this season that, um, I've sort of come back to of like baking something. It's something to do. It's something to like enjoy. And yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, kind of what's currently that and nieces and nephews. And so. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nieces. Your niece. I, she, you, for the listeners, Aaron and I have known each other, what, 16 years? Yeah. Okay. And she had posted about your niece turning five. And I was like, no, she's not five. It's not possible. <laughs> and, and then, then I was she told me that her oldest nephew had turned 10 this year. And I was like, there's no way <laughs> Wilson is 10. There's no way. 
Well, and the funny thing was like, from, like that happened, that I found out that my sister was gonna have a baby. It was like that fall that we moved in together in Kansas City and I was sitting in the borders, you know, RIP, RIP borders. Um, <laughs> like, and she calls me and I'm like, what? I can be an aunt? Like it was my first nephew. And it was like, I, that was a lot. It feels like so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, Aaron, you bring me a lot of joy and your heart and getting to talk to you again. Um, so I'm so thankful. Me too. I'm, I'm so glad that we have, A, resurrected this space. Uh, you know, I talked a lot about space during the pandemic and we're still in the midst of it. Don't yeah, let it's not over. It ain't over. This Just because things reopen doesn't mean yeah. this is over. This ain't over. Um, but like I talked a lot about like space um, in March and April, because I felt like, like all of my spaces converged in one when I had to work from home. And so I was like, you know, zoom calls and all these things, like everything, all the space became in my home. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I do have this, you know, home that God has blessed me with, but just the idea of creating space things and it doesn't have to be a physical space that's what I've learned like it doesn't just and yes I think going to church is good it's great I don't think that that's bad or whatever and I think going to work for me is a good thing but like I can create space in my life that doesn't have to look like me leaving one space to go and engage with something and then coming back here yeah. and and it's been really good for me to think about think through how do I create like margin and time and space. Um, and I, and I go on that tangent, all that to say, I'm so glad that we've opened the space back for us yeah. to be yeah. able to have these discussions. Um, yeah. And, and I want to say too, like, this isn't the first time we've talked about this, like, you know, this is, you know, um, but like we've had ongoing conversations about these hard things that we were lamenting. Like, I think we talked about doing this topic in April. <laughs> we did. We did. And I, and I just was like, you know, it, like it just, well, I think then you got coronavirus. Yeah. Then I came down with the coronavirus. And, um, and then, so like, I, you know, you were getting healthy, which I'm so thankful for. Um, I had a lot of people in Kansas City praying for you, so. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. Because I am 100% healed. Yay. I'm telling you, it is not a joke. Yeah. So, but yeah, I am thankful for this space and um thankful for you um answering my questions and listening yeah. and sharing. For opening it up and bringing it in. Everything's good. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um and we're glad to be back. Hopefully we'll bring more. This won't just be one off. <laughs> it won't be. Okay. See you soon. Right, bye. bye.